When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Day three of training camp. I was there the first two days. I've got my guy to my right, John Chapman. We're going to be back discussing all the recent 49ers news right after this. What's going on, everybody? I'm back here with a very special guest of mine. We've got John Chapman here. And as you can already see in the chat, we've got the hashtag CC already out. Thank you guys all for tuning in. 49ers training camp just finished. But first of all, John, how are you doing, man? Man, I couldn't be better. Like, you know, we wait and we wait. We put out content. You know, you're one of the few content creators that's been grinding all offseason, which is a chore. Let's just be really, really honest. But once the players get going, once you get news, once you get the press conferences, it just flows, man. It just feels natural. It feels right. And the fact that we have 49ers football for five to six months, I'm a happy man. I'm just a happy guy. The music uh you know sounds better food tastes better this is where we should be man 100 100 i totally agree with you and i was super excited i went out to training camp the first two days i was not there today it was a closed practice today only a select few were there but i mean just you could just sense football is in the air from the warm-ups from seeing our guy talano hufanga going out 45 minutes before practice started to warm up first guy on the field just seeing the first sight of football it was amazing, and yeah, I'm definitely excited to break it all down with you. I'm a pretty big Hufunga guy. I really liked him. I know that he's got some issues in his game. Like, he's not a well-rounded, you know, perfect starter yet. He's He was, what, fifth-round draft pick, all those different things. But, man, there are so many guys this year that were rookies last year. That's who I want to see. You know, the 49ers redshirt everybody, but you've got Trey Lance. You've got Aaron Banks. Elijah Mitchell was the only rookie that really got playing time last year. Now you're adding in Hufunga. I mean, there's just, there's so many guys that I'm so excited about. It's almost like we just get our rookie class delayed, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, uh, you know, because the 49ers are a talented team. It's not like 2017 where Trent Taylor is going to lead your team in receptions almost just straight off the bench uh, be drafted. So it, it just feels right. And I think guys like Hufunga, Trey Lance, kind of headlining the energy and the work ethic, having those young guys lead that, hmm, it's positive, man. It permeates the entire team. 100%, 100%. And you talked about it. We're going to speak a little more on Hufanga, what I saw what we heard about today in a little bit. But you you talked about Trey Lance right there. Just started off. 49ers, quarterbacks have had somewhat of a rough day. Trey Lance had a rough day today, had a bit of a rough day yesterday. What do you just take of the initial kind of quarterback performances? Man, I, I, way back to my coaching days, playing days, doesn't matter. When training camp starts at any level, it doesn't matter. High school, college, NFL. Defense has the advantage in every way, shape, and form. 
it is so difficult to block as an offensive lineman without pads on. It's just, it's almost impossible um, because you don't get to use the shoulders, which is such a big deal for what's going on. You don't get to lock on to the breastplate, which is the aiming point uh, for them to shoot their hands. And so it, it permeates, it, it goes through everything. So calm down. Um, I understand we all like the completion percentage and whatever else. And, you know, I'm telling you right now, that is not a good indication of growth. That is not a good indication of success. Yeah, you want somebody to go 11 for 11 every time and never ball never hit the floor, but that's not the get, the goal. You're not winning games in July. <laughs> it's, it, it's not what this is. So wait till the pads come on, which is Monday. And, man, let me just jump out here and say this, a little tease here. We're going to be giving away on this show today uh, oh. two tickets to training camp on Monday. It's sold out. Well, we got our hands on two tickets. We're going to be giving those out here in a little bit. So stick with us, and uh, we'll be giving that to somebody that's uh, watching live. You heard it here. Like John said, two tickets to Monday's training camp. Be sure to be uh, be sure to be here and stay for the remainder of this session because we will be giving it out at the end. Training camp was a blast. I went for the first two days. I'm going to be out there Saturday. You guys do not want to miss out on it. So shout out to John for giving those two tickets away. And I got to say, these are anonymous Patreon uh, supporter that just wanted to share and give back to the community. I didn't buy these. Uh, it's just the community helping the community. That's what it's all about. And I freaking love it. And so for those of you that are like, yeah, this is a little bit of a different look. Uh, Rohan asked me to be on. So I'm here with the man, the legend who's been at camp. He's been I've been scrolling through your Twitter, man. You've been freaking killing it this week, my friend. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you, man. And talking about the quarterbacks, you brought up an amazing point that I think really needs to be stressed. You talk about completion percentage. Completion percentage is a bust, at least the first two days. And that, like when you see it with your eyes, you understand a lot more. Trey Lance threw six of 14 passes uh, yesterday, completed only six of his 14, one interception. Now, you might look at that and say, wow, Trey Lance freaking sucks. But when you look at it really importantly, there were three throws specifically yesterday. Trey Lance deep down the field on the money. First one was a, a bomb, 35 yards to the left uh, left sideline. Two of Brandon Ayuk with Emmanuel Mosley in coverage. Ayuk had made a good play on the ball, but Mosley pinned him to the sideline. And then as Ayuk was trying to come down, keeping two feet in, Mosley hit the ball out. It was on the money. It was a 35-yard pass from Lance. Just hit it out. Then second play, 40-yard bomb, right sideline to Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings tries to go up, tries to corral it, but Traverius Ward knocks it out uh, before Juwan Jennings could get two hands on the ball. The third play, uh, it was a kind of a crosser for Ray Ray McLeod going from the left slot to the right sideline. 17-yard play, Lance darts it in. Hufanga just makes a great break on the play. He blocks it out, uh, PBU for him. So three PBUs uh, from three different guys and really – like those were three good throws from Lance. And I'm not saying he didn't have bad throws. His interception yesterday was inexcusable. It was a Jimmy G ball. It was straight to Jimmy Ward. Just didn't see Jimmy Ward right in the middle of the field trying to hit. I believe it was uh, trying to hit Brandon Ayuk and the ball was behind him. Um, and so it was straight to Jimmy Ward. Then, and then he also missed uh, Jawan Jennings on a five-yard slant. He threw it about five yards behind Jawan Jennings. But there's good with the bad. And the, the moral of the story, like John said, don't really worry about the completion percentage. Lance has been throwing some good balls. They just haven't been shown on the stat sheet. Yeah, it, it's you, you got to look at the entire context of the situation and just understand it. When you're in training camp right now, it's just implementation period, which means you're starting at the basics. This is the Kyle Shanahan offense. They're starting at square one. Guess who this defense has gone against every single year in practice? It's the exact same reads. It's the exact same routes. It's the exact same blocking schemes. They've seen it. You're not trying to beat your defense. Um, but unfortunately, with just the way numbers work with the only a 90-man roster, if you want good versus good, you've got to do your defense versus your offensive scheme. Again, everything is tailored to help the defense earlier. It's just the way that it works. Um, yeah. So don't worry about that. Remember, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes threw seven interceptions in one practice in training camp the year he won MVP. Like, it's exactly. not like it's it, it, chill out. Right here, Justin Herbert is eight of 20. This is an MVP type of there level quarterback throwing eight of 20. And guys, the, the most important thing, these first two days, I'm expecting tomorrow to even be rough. Why? 
day one of the day one of training camp, the 49ers didn't stretch the field. It was a minimized playbook. It was kind of like a get back into it. Mm-hmm. Most of the passes were 10 yards and lower from all three quarterbacks. Yesterday was the first day that the 49ers really chose to open up the playbook, chose to start stretching the field, and you could see it. Like, remember, the biggest thing that is going to succeed from this is our running game, and we can't see our running game right now without pads because offensive linemen aren't really blocking like offensive linemen will block with pads. Trey Lance yeah. is Go ahead. I, I think you know. I think you're right, and I kind of w- wouldn't mind transitioning a little bit, Rohan, if you don't mind. I want to talk ahead. about these running backs and the rotation that you've seen, and if anybody stood out. It seems like training camp started with where they left off. You had Elijah Mitchell, then you got um, Jeff Wilson, then you got Hasty, then Sermon, and then the rookies. Has anybody kind of jumped out to you or stood out to you, whether through drills, rotations, pass pro, anything? Mm-hmm. So running backs have been uh, one of my lesser focuses, but I've seen them a, a solid amount still. Elijah Mitchell obviously is the one. You see guys like uh, TDP and Trey Sermon right now. It seems like we'll be battling for that two spot. One guy, in my opinion, on the downtrend and one guy on the uptrend is what I'm looking at right now. The downtrend right now is Jeff Wilson Jr. He didn't look that good. He looks a little slower this year starting off, and this was yesterday. It's, again – like we said, all of this is prefaced with a grain of salt because it's the beginning. But he did look slower yesterday, and I don't know if he's just got that it factor right now for the 49ers. The guy on the uptrend, a guy we both like, undrafted free agent Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason, has he's just been treating training camp like it's just regular practice. He's running physically. He's strong, and he's pretty quick too. Um, you could just see it. He wants it. He is like in the in the carries that they had during scrimmage session. He's just running through these linebackers, even though all they can do is touch him. And then the other play that he had a nice 10 yard catch on a comeback route yesterday from Nate Sudfeld. And he was pretty shifty after the catch too. Uh, went down, avoided a tackle and just ran. Although, again, take that with a grain of salt. Pretty nice. Yeah, I- I like that kid. I like that kid a lot. Now, I'm not sure he makes the 53. He's going to need some help with injuries or something along those lines, which you never hope for those. But I don't care if he makes the 53. He just needs to make the practice squad, and we all know what happens to running backs for the 49ers. They're going to miss time, and he's going to get his chance to be called up, and he's going to play a role. There's, I, I just really hope that we get to keep him in the system. That's really all that I want. Uh, eventually, some part this year, this dude's going to play a major factor. Not not just like, all right, he's going to get a couple carries. No, I'm telling you right now, he has the makings to be a Kyle Shanahan guy. Um, you know, not that it's going to happen like last year where you had Sermon, the third-round pick, and Elijah Mitchell shoot up past him. You got TDP this year, the third-round pick, and, and Mason. I don't think it's going to be like that. But at the same time, I strongly consider him getting some starting work towards the end of the year. I really, really do. Not over uh, Eli Mitchell, but I'm just saying if the opportunity presents itself, I think he could be that first, second down guy that Shanahan loves. Yeah, I think so too. And you talk about some of those guys, right? Trey Sermon, in my opinion, I know a, a couple of others have differed, said Trey Sermon hasn't necessarily looked that good yet. I actually thought Trey Sermon looked fine. His cuts have been looking pretty, pretty nice. Um, I'm going to see... Can he, can he not fumble the football? That's the first thing, because he's mm-hmm. one of the smaller running backs on the team alongside Hasty, just because another a lot of those guys are bulked up, um, with Mitchell included. And can he also, uh, is that vision nice? Can he, can he uh, navigate uh, on the outside runs? Can he navigate on the inside runs? Can he not try and overuse his ability to cut uh, and instead just run, be a downhill runner? That's something that I'm looking for from Sermon, um, because really that – uh, the answers to those questions will distinguish whether it's him or Tyreen Davis-Price who gets a majority of the reps at running back number two. There you go. And so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. The good news is, you know, Shanahan in his press conference today, he sounded a little pissed off uh, towards the league. He hates the schedulers. The way I see refs is the way he sees the scheduling office. He just can't stand them. He talked about how they have three preseason games in 12 days. How do you prepare for that? Because then after that, you have 17 days with no games leading up to the regular season. So you are going to see more than ever before back into the roster get incredible snaps. So like we're used to seeing, you know, okay, first teamers are out there for a series, then backups. It's not going to be like that this year. 
you're going to have two games in a row probably where it's it's backups and then it's all third, fourth, back-end stringers um, for like the entirety of the game. So I could see Jordan Mason getting 25-plus carries in one of these preseason games, and fans are going to fall in love because he's going to light it up on on film. I mean, it's just going to – it's coming. It's coming. Just but You can set your calendar to it. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The only thing that really is stopping Jordan Mason now is something that we can talk about now, and that's the offensive line. Oh, How are you looking so go. far with the offensive line? Uh, what, what are your just initial thoughts on the reports that you've heard, and what are your thoughts on uh, just the players overall? Man, I've been an O-line coach, and I've been in summer workouts and spring workouts and two-a-days and all that stuff, the acclimation period before you put pads on. And we would tell our kids, like, look, man, we're going to do one-on-ones. We're going to go through this. We're going to do teamwork. This is built for the defense to win. That doesn't mean you give up. But just understand, don't let this wreck your confidence. You would have to kind of bracket that uh, practices with like, look, man, let's wait. Once we get the pads on, then you pop them in the mouth, put them in their place, and you're going to be where you're at. So has it looked good? No. Having said that, the 49ers have the best defensive line in the NFL, at least one of the best. Top three, worst case scenario. Biggest question mark on the 49ers roster, interior offensive line play. Um, So, yeah, you're talking about best versus worst or, you know, kind of the best thing about the 49ers roster and perhaps the worst or unquestioned or unanswered yet would be a better way to say it. There's going to be issues. Pads aren't on. Pads come on Monday. Monday, then you can start to gauge that. I'm seeing people talking about trading for interior offensive linemen already. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you guys have not been around football. You just haven't seen it. You can't judge O-linemen. You really can't judge O-linemen by just, you know, helmets only you just can't do it you can't do it i agree and i mean that's the thing that really um i'm glad that you as a former offensive line coach preface pads without pads defensive line always wins regardless of who's playing defensive line always wins now uh combine that with no trent williams no mike mcglinchey and this is in scrimmages i mean and you know a rotating uh offensive line where people aren't necessarily as acclimated with each other that's something to say. Now, um, I'll, I'll t- I won't sugarcoat it again. Here are the guys who haven't necessarily looked that great. Um, I'll start with the guys who aren't necessarily team favorites, then go to the guys who are team favorites. <laughs> probably has been one of the worst 49ers I've seen on the field so far. Not a great sign for a guy on the bubble already to make the team. Mm. He was the third string right t- right tackle. It was McGlinchey, but McGlinchey didn't play in a, in a – scrimmages so more start- that starts tomorrow that starts tomorrow exactly more started at right tackle than it was skill as the backup skill was just getting beaten beaten beat yesterday uh be it by whoever he committed a false start as well so right now so far not a strong camp by skill colton mckivitz has been worked albeit it is by nick bosa on the left side i know more yeah. and mckivitz did switch today more left mckivitz right 
those two guys haven't necessarily looked good. Then on the second team, a guy who people really like, Jason Poe, unfortunately, he's not one of the uh, the guys on top right now. I didn't think he was going to make the roster. I saw him in person. He is small. He is the smallest guy on the field, and it's not close. Like Donovan West is pretty small for his size, and then Poe is one level uh, below that. He's small, and he he did get beat as well a little bit at right guard yesterday with the second team. Now, some of the positives, I mean, we do have that uh, Brendel-Brunskill rotation at center. I think Brendel right now has the hold on it. He's the starter, and Brunskill has struggled a little bit, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Spencer Burford has taken all of the right teams, uh, right guard snaps with the first team. Um, I think it's more so because the 49ers want Brunskill at center and because Moore hasn't been given the opportunity since he's had to play first team uh, tackle with McGlinchey and Williams out. I think it'll be Moore and Br uh, Burford kind of competing next week when uh, McGlinchey is back. Uh, that's that's what I'm looking for. But Aaron Banks, Aaron Banks has had a, a he's been the best offensive lineman for the 49ers so far, and that's a good sign. He he's had some bad reps, but he's also had some pretty good reps, from in my opinion. I think that's huge. You know, man, incredible list right there, dude. That's that's incredible. So well thought out, well organized, well delivered. But if you could have asked us, man, okay. Offensive line's going to struggle, but if you get to pick one offensive lineman to have a really good start to camp, who would you pick? I think we all would have said Aaron Banks or maybe Jake Brendel, but like that's huge. That's a huge positive. Yeah. And yeah, you're looking at five offensive linemen that are out there right now. Maybe two of those are going to actually be starters. Two of yeah. them. Trent Williams, he's not out there. Mike McGlinchey, he's not out there. Daniel Brunskill taking snaps with the backups. He's going to be starting right guard or center. I'm telling you, Daniel Brunskill is not going to be a backup week one on this offensive line. So that we'll leaves see. you with two. Yeah. You th you think so? We'll see. I I think he, he. I don't think it's as clear cut. I think that Brunskill um, right now they want him to win the center job. But initially, I'm not exactly sure if he will. If Daniel Brunskill's not starting week one, it has nothing to do with the injuries, the 49ers O-line is going to be just fine. Because mm -hmm. Brunskill is one of those guys like Dante Johnson that's got some type of inside scoop on Kyle Shanahan. So if somebody beats him out, that's a great sign. That's not a bad thing. I think that's a great sign. I think they're going to be uh, okay. I agree. I, that's yeah. something I definitely agree on. And I also agree that the 49ers offensive line is going to be – an average to an above average offensive line in 2022. I think it'll be a top 15 unit, despite the the, the new pieces, despite the new names, just because they aren't going to be relied to do as much with trade Lance at quarterback. I saw a couple of plays where Lance was moving out of the pocket. I know Shanahan probably wants Lance to stay in the pocket uh, without pads because a sack doesn't matter right now. So mm -hmm. he's probably staying in the pocket more than he uh, than he has to. But I've seen him move out of the pocket, and you've got Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey coming back. That's an interesting thing uh, for sure. I like it. Well, uh, Rohan, do you care if we give away a couple of tickets to uh, trading camp real quick? Let's go for it. Is that cool? Okay, so here's how that's going to work. Now, uh, I'm going to ask just the people that could actually make it to training camp uh, just because we got short notice. So if you could, if you cannot make it to training camp, try to sit this one out. Uh, but if you can make it to Santa Clara Monday, it's a morning practice. You can get off work and you can get there. We got two tickets for you. Throw up the hashtag CC, um, and we'll pick a winner out of that. Uh, the order's different in the uh, comment section because we're going for live on two different channels. So not necessarily who's first, but if somebody wants two free tickets to Monday's training camp practice and you want to go ch uh, check that out, put the hashtag CC if you can make it, if you can make it. Throw that up in there and we'll pick a winner um, here in a second as those goes up. Wow. I love it, man. I'm seeing the answers in there. So uh, sorry, I'll turn it back over to you, Rohan. We'll pick a winner here in a minute or two. Yeah, we'll do that. And uh, while we do that, you talk about this offensive line um, and Daniel Brunskill. Uh, I think that Brunskill could potentially win the center job. What I've heard so far is a little, uh, is a little like obviously on the negative side. But one thing, Marco is at for uh, the Rams offensive camp uh, today. He's at Rams training camp today because he was in LA. I love Marco, man. He's awesome. He's a good friend. He's a good friend. That Rams offensive line is looking even worse. So 49ers fans, maybe there's some rejoice in all of the offensive line talk. It's looking even worse. Um, their left tackle, Joe Noteboom, hasn't necessarily looked that good, and he was the replacement to Andrew Whitworth. Remember, they lost Austin Corbett to free agency, lost Austin Blythe to free agency. 
They're without three starters from last year. So it is going to be tough, even though they and have their to- answer is not coming. Like there's no reserves coming. There's no Mike McGlinchey and Trent Williams coming later in camp. Like they got what they got and that's it. And people want to always talk about like, oh, the Rams, they get everybody. They lost eight key starters. They replaced them with three, but that means that's a negative five key starters. So and that's not even mentioning the special teams guys. <sighs> it's it's just a different philosophy in roster construction, which isn't wrong. They want a Super Bowl, so you got to give them that. But they want to pay for the top, and they are praying that the injury bug stays away from them. They have been one of the least injured teams since 2017. You look at the 49ers, the most injured team since 2017 when McVay and Shanahan showed up. At some point, those uh, law of averages got to balance out a little bit, and whenever that happens, if that happens... It's not even going to be close. Keep in mind, the 49ers are 6-1 and one, um, during that time period as well against them. So, yeah, yeah. we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. all right. And before we decide the winner of John's training camp giveaway, let's answer this question from our guy, Coach Cruz. Does Debo sign for three, four, or five years? John, what's your, uh, what's your take on it? I think this has been one of the most interesting narratives with this offseason because you're seeing these great wide receivers with terrible organizations sign three-year deals. Terry McLaurin, nobody wants to play with Wentz. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who the quarterback is in Seattle, but a three-year deal there. I think that's important. You're looking at other players signing four-year mega deals. So that's one of the things I've been so interested to see what's Debo going to do. 49ers want to sign him for a longer-term deal. That's just the way it always goes. But I think it's going to be three or four. I doubt it's going to be five. If I was – let me just jump into my shoes. If John Chapman was a stud-wide receiver, I want that third contract, which I'm not. I've never been – I did play some snaps at wide receiver as varsity. I scored a couple touchdowns, but uh, it wasn't my my forte. What's up? Here we go. We see receiver John out here. <laughs> Fine, Coach John. It's receiver John. And That's I've right, man. Then they moved my fat butt back to fullback ASAP, man, where I belonged. Uh, but anyway, I would say it's probably going to be a three-year deal. And if I was negotiating a contract as a wide receiver right now, I'd do a three-year deal just so I could double dip so that you can get that next big contract at 28 years old and not 29. Um, that's just what I would do. And with Debo requesting a trade, makes it a little bit more. That second contract, once that ends, you have more leverage. Rookie yeah. year, no leverage. So yeah. I'll say that. I'd say I'd say three-year deal probably. 100%. And as I said, shout out to my guy Jesse out there. Thank you for tuning in. Does Debo sign for three, four, or five years? I also agree. I think if, if I'm Debo, I want that three-year deal. There are a couple of reasons why. First of all, we see what happened this offseason. Terry McLaurin, three-year deal, $71 million deal. DK Metcalf just got a three-year deal. A.J. Brown was the first to sign, and he was the one with the four-year deal. And what's the difference between Debo and all those guys? Debo's the oldest receiver of the group. He's 26 already. If he gets a three-year deal, he's 29. And receiver is not a premium position anymore. I think their value begins to deteriorate in a couple of years because uh, there's so many. There's just an influx of receivers coming in every single uh, every single draft that teams are just finding value for. Um, and so to me, I think it's a three-year deal for the best opportunity to potentially get another contract from another team should he sustain this uh, ability down from what I originally believed a five-year deal with a three-year out clause. I like it. I like it. All right, let's give away two tickets uh, to 49ers training camp. Now, uh, all you got to do is just email me, 49ersrushpodcast at gmail.com. I get those transferred over to you. And again, these are compliments of an anonymous Patreon member that wanted to support the community. I'm going uh, one of the hashtag CCs that popped up first. Big Papa. Uh, congratulations, my friend. Appreciate all of your support and always watching us. Big Papa, uh, reach out to me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman or email me, 49ersrushpodcast at gmail.com. We'll get that taken care of. Um, I love this community. That's a big thing that we're on. And so I now you got you to gotta get us some inside tips, Big Papa. I, I, I need a camp report. Eyes on the scene. I'm putting you to work, man. This ain't free. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to Big Papa. Thank, thank you, obviously, for John. Uh, great guy. Uh, great work here, Big Papa. Be sure to come find me on Monday as well. I'll be at training camp. Ooh. 
definitely down to chop it up. I'll be there every single day uh, right now. So I love I'm it, man. Y'all, y'all reports every single day right after training camp. Shout out to Big Papa. Uh, hope you enjoy the experience on Monday. Dude, that's cool, man. That's I, one of the worst things about where I live, which right now it's it's kind of weird. You know, I live in Pasadena, but my son's going through football camp and they've got stuff going on. So, like, you know, I want to say congratulations and thank you to Rohan and, man, all the freaking studs covering training camp. It's just we're so spoiled as Niners fans. And, I mean, there's just so many. Like, I have friends that are Eagles fans and Steelers fans and whatever else. They don't have what we have. We are very, very lucky and spoiled, and I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah, definitely. And before we continue going to the defensive side, obviously the stronger side, I wanted to just give a a little quick mention to our 49er tight ends for 2022. Uh, John, what are your quick thoughts on them and potentially the battle behind George Kittle? How do you think it will go out? Man, not that injuries are ever good. They're not. But with Warner being out with the core muscle surgery, not really concerned about his long-term well-being. Like, he's going to be good to go when camp starts. Um, I love that Tyler Croft and Roz Dwelly are going at it. I'm the biggest. I think Croft's going to win the tight end three job. And I'm, like, Roz duct tape Dwelly is one of my favorite players ever. I love that dude. Practice squad, you know, coming up and just making some key plays. You remember that? I think that Saints game, I think it was the Saints game where he made that key fourth down conversion. Like he's had so many meaningful snaps, but I just think Tyler Croft is the biggest. I think he's the most experienced. Uh, I think he's going to end up taking that tight end three job. I was kind of shocked when they brought back Dwelly because Warner took every single snap he ever had um, towards last year. Dwelly was getting almost nothing, some special teams work. But I think Dwelly be on the practice squad. Croft probably going to win that tight end three job. It's interesting. I think you you bring up great points. I've heard from that guys inside the building with the coaching staff do not necessarily view Dwelly as one of those starting guys, primarily just as a backup. One name that I'll mention, I'll throw out, because tight end's got a good amount of work on Wednesday, not as much work at all on Thursday. It was a lot more to receivers as the 49ers were stretching the field. Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews has been uh, yeah. low-key raising some eyes. Uh, he had a nice 23-yard catch yesterday from Nate Sedfeld alongside the right sideline. Um, he, he, in my opinion, is seeing some of that receiver action. Remember, the rec- former receiver turned tight end. Obviously, questions with his blocking. We'll see if that's at all improved uh, during training camp. Was on the practice squad with the 49ers last year. Has a bit of a step ahead from other tight ends. I don't know if he makes the 53-man roster, but he's an intriguing name to keep an eye on, especially if Warner ends up uh, starting the year on IR or PUP, or uh, I'd assume it's IR, not PUP. If Warner begins the year on an injured list, you might have a blocking tight end and then a third guy like Jordan Matthews as well. Yeah, it, it would be the pup because he's still on it. So if you start training camp on the pup, then you can stay on that when the season starts, and you don't count as the um, what's it, you don't count as a roster spot. So I think that's what it'd be. But I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, Warner Warner was te two last year. Remember, Dwelly had a solid twenty twenty without Kittle. Warner though in twenty twenty one eclipsed him in snaps, like you said, John twenty three percent compared to Dwelly's eighteen percent. Dwelly mainly saw only uh, special teams action. So I think Warner is a tight end too if he is um, healthy, and that'll be an interesting battle for tight end three. Some nice names we mentioned there. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, Pro Football Focus, which I think they do a good job. It's, it's you know, it's a launching point. It's never the end all. But uh, Warner finished with a higher blocking grade than George Kittle did, uh, which I think, you know, Warner's never going to get those pancakes like Kittle does, but he's very consistent. It's very rare that he's out of position or off balance. Like, he just is so consistent, which Kyle Shanahan loves. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Um, so yeah, we'll see there. We'll see. Uh, one of those tight end three guys are going to get some snaps at some point because Kittle or Warner is going to miss some time. Um, if there's ever a team to be a tight end three on, it'd be the 49ers. <laughs> they use them more than anybody. And we got to get some of these questions in the chat. Uncle Salty here asking, will the Niners sign J.C. Treader before the Bucks scoop him up? How do Brendel and Brunska look? What do you think about Treader? Man, I like Treader. I, I think the 49ers are happy with what they got at the center position. Um, whether I agree with that or not, that's a different take. But I don't think they're moving on to J.C. Treader. As soon as I saw that Ryan Jensen ner- uh, news, which is – incredible he's a hell he might be a top three center um he is a top three center he might be the best center in the league and so that hurts because again people want to talk about 49ers interior offensive line the bucks lost all three interior starters like all three 49ers lost two with alex mack and lakin they lost all three now with this injury so it's not like the 49ers are their lone team that have issues on the inside of the offensive line no uh, the Bucks are one of the number one Super Bowl favorites. The Rams, one of the best Super Bowl favorites. The 49ers, they're in the conversation. So this is the NFL. Offensive line play is not great around the NFL. And so would I like them to sign J.C. Treader? Yes. Will they? I don't think they will. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think they will. I think it's too early to see with their battle. And like you said, the Bucks, they're in need of a center. The 49ers right now have two. They have Brendel and Brunskill who are splitting reps with the ones. I think they've shown confidence in their guys. And the most important thing with me, practice. I know you're like, what the hell? Why are you talking about practice? But Trey Lance <laughs> needs those reps with his yeah. center. J.C. Treader doesn't practice that much after uh, his injuries kind of with his knees. He's played in every game, but he hasn't practiced that much. And I think that that is uh, very important, especially building the rapport with Lance, which is why I ultimately think Brendel is in the favorite uh, to win that center spot as of now. Yeah, and I'll say this. You know, I see Uncle Salty bringing up West and Poe as well. What the 49ers have is they have two guys, really three if you want to throw in um, Sutherland, who got some snaps there in mini camps and OTA, but I don't think he's a long-term answer. You have a short-term fix, and that's Brendel and Brunskill. Like, you're hoping those two guys can handle and maintain things for the short future you have your long-term developmental guys in weston poe very similar to ambry thomas where i don't think those guys even have a shot at playing time until you're talking double digit weeks like week 10 on so their kind of philosophy is hey we got these two guys for right now and we're developing these other two guys long term um that's the way i see it will it pan out i don't know i don't know yeah uh, definitely. We'll, we'll, that's again, like you said, something we got to see, uh, 49ers faithful forever, free tickets and a meet and greet. Uh, guys, if you guys are, <laughs> I definitely would love to, uh, anybody, if you guys want to walk up and just, uh, have a conversation with me, I'm definitely down for it. I'm there every single day would definitely be down to talk with anybody. Uh, and then Dude, I love Melissa, it, man. Yeah. Melissa shouts out Steph Sanchez. She was, I, I have seen her great coverage. Be sure to subscribe to her channel as well. Yeah, she's an incredible person, man. She's fun to party with, too. She she made it out to a couple road trips last year. It was a good time. What's up, That's Melissa? Good to see you. And uh, Steven asks, John Chapman, Niners will be the best in the league this year. And this is a good transition because the best part of the 49ers so far, um, I, I know it's without pads, but it's that defensive line, John. How are you feeling? Man, I, I it's difficult to find a way. Niners were top 10 last year. They were top 10 in 2020. They were top 10 in 2019. So you're talking three straight years of a top 10 defense. It's difficult to find a way that this defense won't be top five. You have questions at the number two safety spot. Hufunga's look good in camp. You have questions at the nickel spot. Denard, we'll see what happens. We'll Mac long term. But everywhere else, it's solid. You've got insane depth at the outside corner position. You've got insane depth at all three linebacker spots. You've got insane depth at the D-line. Find a hole. Find a more um, depth-built roster. You're not going to do so. So I love what they've got. Man, if, if I had to bet, you know, if I was a Vegas odds maker and you said, okay, John Chapman, what's the over-under on where the 49ers would finish? I'd say 2.5. 
That's what I would put it at. Like, I, I think they're going to be a top three defense, and that's where that kind of toggle switch is, maybe 3.5. But they're going to be a top three, top five defense as long as things just stay all right in those two positions. Nickel corner, number two safety, they're going to be lights out. Yeah, and like you said, defensive line is the def- uh, deepest group of the – and there's really no concern. Arc Armstead reported MCL sprain today. But it didn't look like the defensive line missed a beat. There are guys to watch on that defensive uh, front at both edge and on the interior. I know everybody wants to hear it, so I'm going to say it. Defensive edge, Drake Jackson, he has looked good. He has looked good in the two days. He looks like he might be one of the better players for the 49ers on that defensive line. Charles Omeni, you got first-team snaps. Um, Kevin Givens as well. Kevin Givens is that underrated guy. I think he's DT number three behind Armstead and Kinlaw this year. He has looked good. I think he's in line for some uh, extended snaps as a pass rusher potentially um, when uh, obviously those rotations go in place. But really, there's just so many guys. I think Givens has looked good. I think Hurst has looked good. Obviously, Bosa and Armstead will look good in their uh, time playing. And Drake Jackson has looked good as well. Uh, So we'll see how it continues. Just so many bodies. I was amazed. Because even you're talking about the 11th and 12th guys on the roster. Robert Nickambiche yeah. had a stack and a half yesterday. So, like, he even looked good. It's, like, crazy how everybody on the team is contributing on that defensive line. I just – I don't know how that 53 is going to shake out, man. I really, really don't. And it's going to be fun to see. Do you keep four interior and six DNs? Do you keep five and six? Because I think they're going to keep 11. But, man, that, that competition, I want to trade. I really, really do – uh, I want to combine a pick. I've been saying this forever, but I want to I want to package one of these D linemen in a sixth to get a fifth or a fourth round uh, for next year's draft. Like that's just the way I see. It. You got eleven picks coming back next year, but the depth is just insanity. Um, ah, it's exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah, I, I think that that could be a definitely a good strategy, right? Um, because there's so much depth and so many good players on this team. I think that that could be a, a thing that the 49ers linebackers, defensive tackles, that's where I think they might look to try and move a couple of these guys because they have depth and they're quality players that will probably get claimed if they get cut or sign elsewhere if they get cut. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And it, it it's going to be weird because, you know, somebody asked me, what's the over-under on players claimed? And I was being kind of hopeful, but I was saying, man, I want two players traded and four players claimed. That's what I kind of ended up with. So six players on this roster going elsewhere because um, I think it's going to be six, but I hope we can trade a couple, <laughs> get yeah. something back in return. Melissa here asks, with Bakhtiari not being 100%, do you think the Packers pill for us for some players because LaFleur has a similar mindset to Shanahan? I'll just say this real quick. If you guys want Justin Skule, by all means, take Justin yeah. Skule right now. That's what I'm going to say. 49ers will cut two of their 10 probables right now. Uh, they'll probably only carry eight offensive linemen. I'd expect it's going to be McKivitt and Skule right now that don't make the roster. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, And that's the thing. There's more and more Shanahan disciples and whatever out there. So just the pool of teams trying to take these type of players just continues to grow every year. That's part of the success. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, And, you know, these guys making, landing these spots, it's a good thing as well. But I will say this. Packers got a pretty damn good offensive line. Uh, They're they're in the top portion of the league for sure, even without Bakhtiari, uh, which is crazy because I think Bakhtiari is the top three offensive tackle um, in the league, and he's paid as such. I I really wish he'd get healthy. I hate the Packers, but Bakhtiari is one of my favorite players in the league. That's not a 49er. Yeah, definitely. Travis Cooper here asks, what do you think about the receiver group? Uh, What are your initial thoughts with the, the group that we have right now? I think it's top heavy. Um, I think there's four guys they like and uh, Danny Gray, I'm not counting in that list. I'm hoping he develops into that, but uh, Debo, who's not practicing right now, even though he's doing crazy conditioning, man, he looks like he's working so damn hard. Like you'll be set. You'll see some video of the old line or whatever. And you just see this, you see this guy in the background, just sprinting back and forth. Uh, Yeah. Just doing wind sprints, which I love, but yeah, yeah. Debo, IU Jennings. I think they love those three guys. Ray Ray would probably be the fourth guy right now. Danny Gray, his, you know, he could be that one trick pony that just comes in and runs, you know, go routes, but I don't think he's to the point yet where he can contend um, in the 
rotation outside of just, you know, a deep threat guy right now. So you got your top four guys. Can somebody else, Malik Turner had a big play. Um, can somebody else kind of jump up to create that depth? Because it, let's be honest, there's depth all across the 49ers roster, not yet at the wide receiver position. Yeah, uh, I, I think that there are a lot of names, but the point is there are a lot of names. And right now, I don't know who's separated out of that for that six receiver spot i don't know who's separated they might not keep one they might not keep one that's true they could just keep five given the amount of depth at other positions and then maybe add or keep guys on the practice squad to elevate that could be the case because some of these guys are veterans and undrafted guys so at the moment it's it's uncertain a guy who was hoping for uh to kind of show his name out a little bit was tay martin he hasn't necessarily gotten much of an opportunity they've been sticking with a, a core of about six, seven guys in scrimmages. Uh, Tate Martin hasn't been one of those guys. Turner was one of the names that was there. Um, but they, they've they been trying to get uh, guys like McLeod, Jennings, and Grave in some action. Gray caught a touchdown pass yesterday. Um, he's got the deep speed. He was the reason for one of the interceptions yesterday. It was a pass off Sudfeld. It was a nicely defended ball. I don't blame Gray as much. Um, but he's got the deep speed. I think the 49ers will use him like they used Travis Benjamin last year. Very minimally, but he'll have 40, 50 snaps where he'll be just running deep routes and he torches, he torches cornerbacks. Yeah. It like for Tay Martin individual, like first, I think he's going to be better with pads, which usually you wouldn't say with the wide receiver, but coming out of OSU, that dude doesn't get separation. It's not who he is. He's a jump ball specialist, big bodied, uh, kind of basketball player or whatever. So I think his time to shine is coming. Um, but again, even if he does ball out, I don't even think he makes this roster because you've got him. He's going to be a practice squad guy and develop. So that's not an insult. I'm not trying to say I love Tay Martin. I was so glad we picked him up. But he's going to be on the journey of Kendrick Bourne. He's going to be on the journey of Jawan Jennings. That's his route to be a part of this team where you learn for a year on the practice squad, maybe get called up for a game or two, but it's next year. It's the year after. That's where, and that's what Kyle Shanahan wants. He wants to test these guys, galvanize these players into the system, so that when they do step in, they can be successful. You put Tay Martin out there right now, it's not going to go well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick here asks, how many offensive linemen do you think make the roster? Uh, what do you Eight. think? Eight. Eight because in the new uh, CBA that they just redid, you get to call up one offensive lineman every single week. So you have your 53, right? But you get to call up two, and then you have your inactives. One of the two that you call up has to be an offensive lineman. So you'll have nine every week, but only I think only eight. I doubt they'll keep an extra one. Those extra spots will go to defensive line and probably corner or probably corner. Yeah, it could be defensive line, could be corner. Uh, yeah, I think those are the two spots. Or let's 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 throw fire on your wide receiver. You got to keep those three wide receivers. Jimmy G got to be around, <laughs> and people just close their computers. <laughs> That's sarcasm, my friends. Yeah, I think it's eight. Uh, I think there are eight guys. I honestly, right now, I think the eight have in a way been configured already. I think McKivitz and Skule, like I said earlier, at the moment they're on the outside looking in. Skule looked rough. If McKivitz shows a little better reps uh, later on, I think so. But I think they they're comfortable keeping him as that ninth guy who gets elevated just like they were last year. Yeah, I think that's right. And man, whoever they cut, it's going to be crazy because you either stay young or you stay with kind of the vet guys. Like you said, school and McKivitz are gone. That means you're keeping all the younger guys. You're, I mean, Zakel, is he going to stay? I think he is. I don't think you cut Nick Zakel. I don't think Spencer Burford, almost a lock now after going with the ones back to back days. Um, He's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And the rest of the guys that the 49ers have on that bench are versatile. You talk about Bronskill, you talk about Zakel, you talk about, uh, I mean, McKivitz is there as well, but you talk about who's the who's the guy I'm missing? Uh, Jalen Moore. Uh, Jalen Moore is also pretty versatile. All the Cree guys are versatile. I think they can cover uh, within themselves all the positions that are uh, remaining on the field pretty much. Yep. I like it. I like it. Uh, Uncle Salty here says, Samson Ebicom has got to be looking over his shoulder constantly. I think so. Um, 
But, you know, he ended the year on such a freaking incline. And, you know, we did our 40 irons roster countdown we were doing. Looking at his stats and going back in his film, this dude had zero missed tackles as a starting defensive end in the league. That's unheard of. Very so does good. he have this? Yeah. Does he have the splash plays that we all know and love? Their sack numbers incredible. They were down the stretch. But there's something to be said for consistency all throughout this roster. There's a reason why Dre Greenlaw starts over Aziz because of consistency. That's what's important. This flashy plays the fans love. I get it. The highlights. I understand that Samson doesn't make mistakes. And Mm -hmm. so the good news is I don't think it's Samson versus Drake. I think Samson makes Drake better because Drake just gets to chill and do the Alden Smith type route where, Hey man, you just come in, you turn your freaking igniters on and you go. And once you figure things out, we'll phase you in. Um, But yeah, there's so much depth there, but I promise you this, the 49ers coaching staff, like Samson Ebukam way more than any of the fans are even close to. Um, they love that guy. I think I agree. Um, I mean, you just look at it. I've been reporting the starting lineups every day, and there's one constant name in there, and that's Samson Ebucom. He yeah, has he's... been the starting defensive end. And remember, starting means rush packages. It's the uh, the regular base packages. He hasn't necessarily been out there as much on pass rushing situations, but you mentioned it. 38 tackles last year, zero missed tackles, one of the better run-defending edges, and he's the guy opposite Nick Bosa. I expect him to start week one. Um, I don't know how many pass rushing snaps he'll get just because of the amount of guys and probably also to keep him healthy for 17 games, mm-hmm. given the amount that he takes on in the run game as well. But, uh, yeah, he's looked good so far, um, and I agree. I don't think it's necessarily him versus Drake. I think everyone's just making themselves better. Omenahue, uh said that um, in the interview last week, and, yeah, I think it's just everyone trying to make each other better and iron sharpens iron. Yep, nailed it, nailed it. John, who would you want that guy to be uh, the to be the guy packaged up, Ridgeway or Hurst? I don't think it'd be a defensive tackle. I think they like the defensive tackles they have. Um, I think they want to keep five, right? Armstead, Kinlaw. You got Hurst and Givens, and Ridgeway's not going anywhere. I like. Okay, let me say this: Ridgeway fulfills a perfect role, and that is run stuffing in the middle. Whenever yeah. Kinlaw or Armstead's like, if anybody was going to go out of this group, probably Hurst. Uh, I think if you look at Hurst and Givens, they're identical bodies, metric play style. They're the exact same player, but I think Givens has shown a little bit more. Hurst injuries have been an issue. So if you if this is your option, I would say Hurst, but I think it's going to be a D end, not a defensive tackle. Um, but yeah, if I was picking and you made me choose out of these two, I would trade Hurst. Um, and again, that would probably be Hurst in a seventh to maybe get a sixth. Uh, remember, this was somebody that was cut uh, just a year ago that had back-to-back injuries last year. So there's not going to be a huge pull for him. But if he hits his potential, watch out because he's somebody – all these guys are on one-year deals, by the way. There's four defensive tackles that are on one-year deals. Yeah. So uh, take that for what you want. I think that's a good analysis, honestly. Hurst, I'm sorry, not Hurst. Ridgeway is insurance for Armstead or Kinlaw. Kinlaw right now, uh, right, is the big unknown. We haven't seen him practice in team scrimmages. We haven't seen him in pass rushing situations yet. He's done. He's looked good. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't want to get this wrong. He's looked good uh, in the individual drills, in the little, in the little positional drills that he's done. I think he's got that explosiveness. He's got the speed that he had before back, and he's the biggest human I have legitimately seen. (laughs) He's huge. But uh, right now, yeah, Ridgeway is your insurance policy. You paid him $900,000 in guaranteed money to be that insurance policy, and I don't know if you want to let him go before uh, making sure that one of your two guys, especially one with a propensity for getting injured, uh, you don't want to let that guy go. As for the other guys, you talked about Hurst, you talked about Givens. Both have had good camps. I think Givens is the number one guy right now. Hurst is the number two. I agree. Um, But a guy that could potentially, I'm just saying could right now, uh, one of those edge rushers, if you get anything for Kerry Hyder, you trade him. And if you get anything for Jordan Willis, I think you got to entertain something because right now I think Willis is on the outside looking in if you're carrying 10. You're about to make Melissa mad. She's a big Jordan Willis fan. Hopefully you got that email. I think she got it. Uh, She asked me last time to put together a Jordan Willis top plays. And so I finished that this morning, Um, Mm. which he looked good. He looked good. But I do think he's the odd man out right now. 
He looks good. It's just I'm just, I'm not even saying from my personally thing. I'm just saying from the depth chart right now. I think Drake Jackson's looked better than him. I think Ebucom obviously has looked better than him. And then uh, you're not going to cut Nick Bosa, obviously. So you got those three guys. And then on the outside, uh, who else am I missing? Omenahue, and he ain't going anywhere. Omenahue is not going anywhere. So you're you're not going to let go of any of those guys. And then if we're being honest, guys like Kevin Atkins, undrafted free agent, he's looked good too in Nekundiche. So you've got a lot of these defensive tackles that are looking good. You 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 you're just looking at the odd man out in this in this instance. Yep, I like it. I like it. Travis asks, uh, "What do y'all think about the running back group? How many do we keep?" I think four plus one uh, with G- with check Obviously, um, I don't think I think Hasty and Jeff Wilson Jr. are competing against each other. I don't see any way that they can keep both of those. But possible they move on from both, but I think one of them make it not both. Uh, so that's the main thing that I'm watching for. Um, TDP safe, uh, Trent sermons, uh, sermons safe because of his draft position and salary. So Elijah Mitchell sermon and TDP 100%, um, are, are locks. It's just, who's going to get that last spot hasty Jeff Wilson jr. Or Mason. But I, I, I don't think Mason's going to make it even though I want him to. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. I think we carry four. We'll see who that fourth guy ends up being. But right now, it looks like we will carry four, uh, discluding Kyle Juszczyk, with the three that you mentioned as likely to all make the roster. So next, we've got uh, a question from Coach Cruz. Are you only allowed to call up a certain of someone a certain number of times before that you have to stay in the active roster? Yes, so this is – you get to call them up twice – um, before you make the decision that you can't call them up three times. Otherwise they have to be a lock on your roster. Um, and there's lots of little caveats to this, but yeah, you can call them up twice. You can protect them twice. That's also what the 49ers did that a lot with Nate Sudfield last year. They love Nate Sudfield. Um, Trey Lance talked about how much he was hoping Nate Sudfield would come back, how much of those are just words, but it seems to be like a legitimate, um, he's a mentor type vet. He's been in the league seven years, but you can call everybody up twice. Uh, if you do it a third time, they have to be on your active roster after that. So, um, hopefully that answers the question. Did I miss anything on that? No, I think you got it. Uh, I think you got it. And I think it's like you said, the, the protections as well. And that leads us kind of to our next question. You talked about quarterbacks. Roel asks, are we keeping two or three? I know I have an answer, and you got the correct answer. It's two. Uh, <laughs> I've been looking at camp. Guys, Brock Purdy is not making this roster, no matter how some fans might want him to. He doesn't. He just doesn't have the arm. You can see 0%. it. Zero percent. Yeah, no, Nate Sudfeld is miles better than Brock Purdy at this moment. It's just, I'm just being real. Brock Purdy, his arm was the reason that he had two interceptions yesterday. He tried to float the ball in the air. Uh, it, it was a, about a 40-yard pass down the field. Uh, Marcus Johnson had gotten open after Purdy got sacked. He rolled out uh, to extend the play. Marcus Johnson got wide open. Purdy aired that thing out. Probably was in the air for 10 seconds. Taylor Hawkins went from one side of the field to another, made the interception. Yeah, he doesn't have the strong enough arm right now to really sustain uh, NFL-level play. And the 49ers carried two last year. And he's easy to keep on your practice squad. Nobody's going to claim him, right? He was picked 256 or 262, sorry, 262, yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. His arm eliminates him from 20-plus teams in the NFL. Like, exactly. it, it's got to be a Shanahan system only, and you can't value the deep ball at all. He's got to be our practice squad QB. That's what he's going to be. Now, even if you do keep Jimmy, let's play this role. Let's go down this path. Why not? Um, let's say you can't find a trade partner. I am still of perhaps a smaller fraction of people that I don't think Jimmy gets released week one. I really, really don't, or for the 53. I don't think it happens. And here's why. I understand that his roster is guaranteed once he makes the 53-man roster August 30th, but mm-hmm. it's still divvied up into game checks, that salary cap hit. So even if you keep him, that doesn't mean that's all going to hit the 49ers. You hold them for a week, two, three, four, whatever. Then maybe you could deal them for something cheap. Um, the one thing I will say, I, I just don't see him being released when your home opener week two is against the Seattle Seahawks. I just, I just don't see that uh, from Kyle's perspective. Um, I just cannot see that he has been destroyed by the Seahawks his entire career. No way you throw him a life preserver now. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. I, I just don't see it. 
That's that's an interesting uh, take for sure. I think right now, um, it, people were asking me, do you think Garoppolo, higher chance of him getting cut or released? I personally think he might be, uh, sorry, traded or released. I think he might be getting traded uh, at this moment. I wouldn't be surprised if he got released. But at the moment, just based on what we're hearing uh, and uh, what guys like Marco are telling me, it does seem like Jimmy Garoppolo could be traded. Um, it's just based on uh, what is he going to do with his rework contract with certain teams. Yep, and that's the thing, right? Like, Because, again, it's not going to be as bad as Baker because everything's not guaranteed if the trade happens before August 30th, right? Um, but right now it's a little bit of a game of chicken. You got Seattle that's just sitting there chomping at the bit. They will claim him immediately. Um, and then every other team, you know, whether it's Texans, Giants, um, you know, the Browns, whatever happens with Deshaun Watson, uh, there, there's teams out there. You know, I, I forgot who put this out there. I, I think it was Jones. Um, she said, you know, <laughs> he would make 10 teams better at quarterback right now. And I agree with that. Uh, oh, I really do. Yeah, it's probably. just, yeah, you got to figure it all out. Yeah. Continuing with your guys' questions to end today's show, uh, we've got Rick here mentioning Justin Hillier. He was cut by the Giants just because he's not a fit with Wint Martin uh, Martindale. He's a four-three guy. Martindale's three-four. Maybe we can sign him back. He got suspended though. I think. I think he got uh, suspended, uh, didn't he? Uh, I think it was like something about performance enhancing. Yeah, um, I think he's out the first ten games too, which is going to hurt. Uh, I could be wrong. Two games for violating something. Uh, yeah, so that that hurts. Yeah. But again, we're stacked at running our linebackers. Um, yeah, I'd love to have him back on the practice squad. He played well, and he filled in at the mic roll. He wasn't yep. even just one of the will guys. Like they liked him enough to give him Fred snaps. And speaking about Mike, one name that I want to just tell you before we end, guy to keep your eye on during training camp, Curtis Robinson, Stanford UDFA. He has been getting all of the second-team Mike snaps. It's not Demetrius Flanagan Fowles who got Mike snaps in the past. It's Curtis Robinson. So in the in the linebacker rotation with Oren Burks, the guy from Green Bay, with him, Flanagan Fowles, and Curtis Robinson, Robinson is the guy who has been getting Mike snaps. I, I, I've liked what I've seen. He's been vocal. He, he's been a leader out there, and I would not be surprised if he ends up making the 53. You know, we had him, we we're, we were doing our roster countdown. We had him number 85, but the thing that stood out to me, he has the exact metrics, height, weight, speed. He's Fred Warner. He's a Fred Warner freaking clone. Body, speed, athleticism. Like, they got a type, and it's him. He's a Mater Day kid, too. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, he, he's 99% athletic profile match with Fred Warner over on mockdraftable.com. I'd love for him to make it, man. I mean, he fits the mold. He fits it. Yeah. Coach Cruz uh, asking a question in uh, after we talked about the running backs. Would they keep Mason? Hope for Hasty Wilson on the PS. What do you think? I don't think Jeff Wilson's going to make the practice squad personally. Uh, I know that McDaniels loved him, but they got freaking 15 running backs in Miami, so I don't know. Maybe they would. Um, I think there would be a larger pool for Wilson than there would Hasty. So, it, again, these are the questions you got to ask, and these are the questions they have as a coaching staff. Okay, if we move on from Hasty, what are the chances we keep him on the practice squad? Okay, well, if we move on from Wilson, which one? Those are the type of questions they ask each other, um, and I would say Mason is closer to Wilson play style. Um, I'm not sure you would want Mason as that third down back. So if will if Mason's gonna make it, Wilson would be the one that would be cut because Hasty performs a role that's different, and I think that's what's important because Hasty they like him as that third down option. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree. Um, Seattle, Car uh, Chris Carson just got uh, the uh, he's retired because of his neck issue. They need an RB three, and I think Jeff Wilson would be claimed by them uh, as one of the teams if he was moved. Yeah. The only thing it, at this point, I think, honestly, you, you just got to wonder which guy do you like the most? Because I feel like at least one of these three guys, when you cut the other, uh, when you cut the, the two is going to be claimed. So you do that. 49ers, not only do they have that tough decision, they have to figure out who they like the most out of the three. Yeah. Miami keeps taking all our running backs, man. You cut a running back, Miami takes them. Yeah. Kali asking, I think our last question of the day, does Brett start 
season on IR or PvP, and when he's available, does he instantly play if Ward and Mosley are lights out? This is tough. What do you think? I think Shanahan's sneaky. Um, And so I would say if the outside corners are playing well, if you're three deep, if you got three guys playing well, I think he'll stay on the pup because that's a cheating number that you get just get to keep, and you'll get, you know, Jimmy Verrett back week six or after week six, which is important because, you know, diving through his injury history, he's had five seasons where he didn't even make it to game two. So there's no reason to rush him back. But if something happens to Ward or Mosley, Ambry Thomas continues to struggle, Diamador Lenore doesn't step up, Tariq Castro-Field's not ready. If you don't have three solid outside guys, I think that he would step in, and I do not think that he would start over Emmanuel Mosley. Emmanuel Mosley has earned that, and he sure as hell isn't starting over Charveris Ward. Yeah, and I'm going to say this. I don't know what happens when Verrett comes back. A lot of people think he can be CB1. These two players here, Ward and Mosley, deserve to be on the outside. They have been wiped out at cornerback so far, and I think that they're a duo that can't be messed with. Uh, Verrett, uh, for those of you guys that want to know, was on the sidelines yesterday. He wasn't in uniform, but he was talking with Ward. Uh, he was talking with both Wards. He was talking with the cornerback group a little bit uh, during scrimmages. But I do believe he does start the, the year on IR or PUP. So he'll be a part of the initial 53, elevated IR or PUP. And then the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Johnson, will be brought back uh, after being originally cut probably. So, you know, it's the same cycle that happens every year. I do think, though, the 49ers – um, I think what they're going to realize is they don't necessarily need Verrett immediately. I think they can afford the first couple of weeks without Verrett. Week six, like you said, is a good mark because the 49ers, uh, in those first six weeks, they play the Bears, which is a team they probably believe they can defeat. They play the Seahawks, another team they believe they can defeat. Two tough matchups against the, the Broncos and the Rams, sure. But then you play the Falcons and you play the Panthers. I think that the 49ers believe they can probably go four and two at least in those yeah, games. Nice. And then you bring back Verrett, who's 100% and uh, not as much of a worry of re- re-injuring uh, that, uh, that ACL. And you might just slowly bring him back into the fold and potentially have a nice cornerback uh, trio then. And I'll say this, once Verrett gets into the game, it's going to be hard to get him out. Now, I don't think that he has earned the right to go in over Mosley. I don't think he's earned the right to go over Ward. But once he gets in, that's kind of what he is. He's just one of those sticker guys. Like, you can't get rid of him. Once he's in there, he's staying. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you there. I think Verrett, he's a guy where the 49ers will have to make a decision there. I don't think he begins the season with uh, on the – on the active roster, I think he'll get bumped up to a list. But this will be a, a thing that we have to address midseason probably. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I see Big Papa back in the uh, chat. Hey, man, make sure you email me. You want the free tickets, buddy. I think you left for a little while. So Big Papa, email me. Let me get you uh, those tickets. 40 hours rush podcast at gmail.com. And that right there is a great way to end the show. Big Papa, hope to see you out there Monday. Uh, congrats on winning the training camp tickets. John, it's been a, a pleasure definitely having you on the show. Always uh, a good time, man. I love what you do. Appreciate your positivity too. Thank you. Thank you. We will be back uh, sometime probably during this training camp session. Uh, thank you as well to the remainder of this chat. All of you guys were just buzzing the entire time. Thank you guys all. We will be back soon and i'll catch you guys next time peace save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.